Articles by Desiring God The Progressive Pilgrim Allegory for an Easy Age Written and read by Greg Morse Jesus said the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few. In the 21st century, does this statement seem true to you? Have you found an easier way? Sure, Abraham may have wandered in tents. Paul may have been hunted like a deer. The disciples may have met brutal ends to their earthly careers, and many in the early church may have been slandered, reviled, plundered, fed to lions, burned to light the streets of Rome, killed all the day long, regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. But that was then. We have smartphones now. Modernity seems to have done wonders to smooth the way. The narrow path, lying between the city of destruction and the celestial city, seems paved. Nathaniel Hawthorne made a similar observation in his day. Though no friend to the Puritans, his short story, The Celestial Railroad, imitates and engages with John Bunyan's The Pilgrim's Progress. In it, he critiques the pillow-soft spirituality of his day, including Unitarianism and Transcendentalism, firing a critique that could have been written yesterday to describe the rampant, easy-believism of our day. Celestial Railroad Wandering through the gate of dreams, Mr. Hawthorne arrives at the famous city of destruction. Having read Mr. Bunyan on the place, he is rather taken aback and pleasantly surprised to find that hostilities between this city and the celestial city have all but vanished. Former foes have shaken hands. A pact built on mutual compromise has made allies from enemies. Enmity between the two lands is water under the bridge, or rather a shining railroad over it. The wicket gate, that narrow and impossibly awkward entryway, as Bunyan's readers will recall, has been replaced by the railroad station itself. Mr. Smooth it away, a distinguished gentleman in the enterprise who guides Mr. Hawthorne on his journey, ensures us all that this large building is much better suited to include the broad-minded travelers of today, and the effect cannot be overstated. As Mr. Hawthorne relays, it would have done Bunyan's heart good to see it. Instead of a lonely and ragged man with a huge burden on his back, plodding along sorrowfully on foot, while the whole city hooted after him, here were parties of the first gentry and most respectable people in the neighborhood, setting forth towards the celestial city as cheerfully as if the pilgrimage were merely a summer tour. The Celestial Railroad now transports would-be travelers comfortably and safely to the renowned City of Light. Individuals from Christian's birthplace saw to it that no good-hearted pilgrim would ever again leave the city in derision or vulnerable to unsavory conditions and smiling foes. Nor would any carry the dreadful burden upon his back for miles on end, no. As Hawthorne gladly reports, one great convenience 
of the new method of going on pilgrimage, I must not forget to mention. Our enormous burdens, instead of being carried on our shoulders, as had been the custom of old, were all snugly deposited in the baggage car, and as I was assured, would be delivered to the respective owners at the journey's end. The travelers are sent off with their backpacks snugly tucked away, to be delivered to the respective owners at the journey's end. Genius. But this, dear reader, is but the start of the innovations of the Celestial Railroad. Let me relay but a few more to you. Old Sights, New Conveniences Lengthy scrolls and books are not needed. Only a ticket is required. Such is very reasonable and expedient. To begin the journey, the dreadful slough of despond, that bog full of past sins and lusts and fears and temptations and doubts, in which Christian sank and at which Pliable flustered, only to return home, as a new sparkling bridge erected overhead. While wholesome teaching could not fill Bunyan's slough, Hawthorne tells us books of morality, German rationalism, modern sermons, and extracts of Plato combined with a few innovative commentaries on scripture suffice to lay the sturdy foundations to erect the bridge upon. Traveling farther, one discovers that Interpreter's House, while still receiving the occasional pilgrim of the old method, was no stop of the Celestial Railroad. Regretfully, Mr. Smoothitaway remarks that the Grand Interpreter grew rather sour, prudish, and prejudiced in his old age. A similar theme for the likes of Evangelist and Greatheart the latter even perpetually at blows with his new collaborators. He could not keep with the times and got left behind them. Hurried Cross Yes, dear reader, I can hear your question. What has become of the cross where the burden fell from Christian's back? Let me cite the first-hand account. We were rushing by the place where Christian's burden fell from his shoulders, the sight of the cross. This served as a theme for Mr. Smootherway, Mr. Live for the World, Mr. Hide Sin in the Heart, Mr. Scaly Conscience, and a knot of gentlemen from the town of Shun Repentance to descant upon the inestimable advantages resulting from the safety of our baggage. Rushing Past the Cross The passengers revel in their good fortune at finding a way to travel to the celestial city without leaving behind their precious habits and secret delights. It would be a shame, after all, to lose such desirable pastimes if they could help it. Yet there are still more improvements upon the old way to display. A tunnel now travels conveniently through hill difficulty. The excavated ground was then used to fill the Valley of Humiliation. That dreary and gloomy valley of the shadow of death now glows with gas lamps. And should you, with Mr. Hawthorne, regret missing the chance to visit Palace Beautiful, where live the young and fair piety, prudence, and charity, ease your disappointed mind by overhearing. <laughs> young ladies, cried Mr. Smootherway as soon as he could speak from laughing. And charming young ladies, 
Why, my dear fellow, they are old maids, every soul of them, prim, starched, dry, and angular. And not one of them, I will venture to say, has altered so much as the fashion of her gown since the days of Christian's pilgrimage. These fair maidens of yesterday, again, resisted the hard-won improvements, cherishing ancient, rough, and inefficient paths. Vanity Fair What can be said of Vanity Fair? Hear it from Mr. Hawthorne, this wonder of a place has the power to make anyone feel at home. The great capital of human business and pleasure stands as the epitome of everything fascinating beneath the sun. The people, Hawthorne finds, are most interesting and agreeable. Concerning the hostility that once led to the unfortunate execution of Faithful, Christian's beloved companion, they've come to see the misstep. These noble and charming and wise people now enter into great camaraderie and trade with the passengers of the Celestial Railroad. Indeed, many of them have taken to the railway themselves. But of the wonders of the metropolis, Hawthorne relates one that might outshine them all. The Christian reader, if he had no accounts of the city later than Bunyan's time, will be surprised to hear that almost every street has its church and that the reverend clergy are nowhere held in higher respect than at Fanity Fair. Indeed, few places could boast so much religiosity. Hawthorne continues, In justification of this high praise, I need only mention the names of Reverend Mr. Shallowdeep, the Reverend Mr. Stumble at Truth, that fine old clerical character, the Reverend Mr. This Today, who expects shortly to resign his pulpit to Reverend Mr. That Tomorrow, together with Reverend Mr. Bewilderment, the Reverend Mr. Clog the Spirit, and last and the greatest, the Reverend Dr. Wind of Doctrine, filled with fine dressing, stimulating people and endless pleasures to buy, sell, and enjoy, mind you, in such a fine Christian place. The only curiosity was that people would just disappear. So common was this occurrence, Hawthorne relates, that the city learned to just continue as if nothing had happened. Today's Celestial Railroad Now again, Nathaniel Hawthorne was no Christian, and he wrote antagonistically about the Puritans and other stories, in part due to his infamous family history. But here he casts stones, almost in sympathy with Bunyan, against the modern religiosity he viewed as shallow, smooth, and deceptive. Any reader of the story sees parallels to today. They had Mr. Smoothed Away, and so have we. They had trains leaving every day to what is thought to be the celestial city, and so have we. They had people tucking their sins under their caboose, deploring the hard way, wanting merely a ticket to heaven, and so have we. They hurried past the cross of Christ, so do many who claim to be his followers today. How many sermons, small groups, Christian ministries escape this description? There was much pleasant conversation about the news of the day, topics of business, politics, 
or the lighter matters of amusement, while religion, though indubitably the main thing at heart, was thrown tastefully into the background. Even an infidel would have heard little or nothing to shock his sensibility. Teachers and preachers once found in an interpreter's house wooing pilgrims with golden crowns and warning them against smooth paths now create them. Done with the cautions and commands, they converse among friends. His name is not Pastor. It is Jake. Just Jake. He is not there to tell you what God has said. He is there to listen. Just another broken sheep like everyone else. He gives comforting homilies and entertaining stories, but the utterance, thus says the Lord, is far from his lips. And I fear that just as in the end of Hawthorne's dream before he awakes, so in our world. Mr. Smooth It Away leaves many on steam ferry boats traveling to Tophet or hell. False paths sliding downward are always smoothest. The true path is not easy or broad, even for societies without much physical intimidation. Our Christ, who carried his own cross, leaves his church crosses to be carried in every age and costs to be considered. This earth will pass away, but Jesus' word shall not. The gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. For more resources, visit DesiringGod.org.